Hello and welcome to the Buy to Let Property Podcast, where we go behind the scenes into all things property and investing. I'm your host, Shiv Haria from Lifestyle Property People. Just because, um, you know, it's nice to get your take on what you think is going to happen to to the market in 2023. And uh, yeah, what do you think? We're quite bullish about it. We don't think there's going to be a crash. A crash is when prices drop by more than 10%. Yeah. And we don't think it'll actually reach that level. I think, you know, it'll probably average somewhere around 5 or 7% correction, which isn't a, isn't a big deal because they went up 20% in the last two years. So, as we said <laughs> earlier, so if you lose 7 out of the last 20%, it's not a big deal as long as you're, you know, you're not planning to sell or, you know, uh, as long as you keep it long term. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you know, property is still a good place to put your money. And more so in the areas that you work, which is the north of England or the northwest, northeast, northeast. Uh, you know, where the yields are still better than London because buy to let really doesn't work in London anymore. Because of the, uh, um, what do you call it, yeah. the stress testing stuff, isn't the it? The stress testing, yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. It's very hard to get 75%. Mm. Uh, so I think, you know, investors will turn to holiday lets, multi-unit blocks, HMOs, you know, assisted living type scenarios where the yield is a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and I think the north of England will benefit much more than the south in the coming years. So just to come on to that point that you said, you don't think it's going to crash, right? It sounds like when you open the, the news up, right, the whole, it's always like, oh, my God, it's going to be the biggest crash in the world. I hear Robert Kiyosaki <laughs> say the same thing. Oh, my God, the biggest crash ever. Yeah. Bigger right, than right. 2008. Why? Why do you not think it's going to be like that? Because uh, rates are dropping and there's no yeah. credit crash. There's no shortage of funding, which was the main reason for the 2008 crash. Mm. Um, so, you know, the banks do want to lend, just that their hands are tied because swap rates have uh, shot up. Mm. You know, five-year swaps are 3.68, I think, the last time I checked. Mm. Um, so, you know, a good five-year scheme is now coming in, in about 4.5%, which, you know, historically is still good. Yeah. It's just that, it's just that we've been spoiled over the last uh, 12 years or so with, you know, historically low interest rates. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We, we may not come to that stage so soon, but I can certainly see rates coming down to 3% next year. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Because, uh, And of course, what you're saying is that as rates come down, we kind of start to, um, even, in fact, even if rates um, kind of stay where they are right now, once everyone kind of normalizes that this is the new rate, then it, yeah. even at that point, people start going, well, I know that property is here for the long term. I'm investing now so that in 20 years time or whatever, my house can be worth three, four times what it is when I purchased it. Uh, and as a result of that, I suppose people will, as soon as they realize that this is the new rate, they'll still keep buying. Yeah, I think we just, just got to accept we're not going to get back to those rates. And as, uh, as soon as we expect uh, rates to be three, four percent, you know, people will you know dive in because at the moment there's a, a demand building up in the background where people want to buy. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, are sort of holding off their decision, yeah, because rates are you know quite unaffordable, particularly for first-time buyers. Yeah, so I think that sector of the market is waiting to pounce. And uh, this morning, one of the lenders is cutting their ninety, ninety-five percent LTV rates. Mm. So I think you know, whilst the sixty-five and seventy-five percent rates are superb, uh, the ninety, ninety-five percent are still relatively dear. So as soon as that starts to go down. Mm. That's the signal for first-time buyers maybe to venture out again and uh, start looking uh, and locking into those sort of, you know, half-decent rates. 
And then let's talk about like um, the opportunity then, right? Because what you're saying is that in the long term, you see that we're not going to, first of all, we're not going to go into a crash. In the long term, you see that rates are going to come down and stabilize around, say, three, three and a half percent, whatever it might be. Um, mm. And as a result of that, and, and there's demand being pent up right now, just like actually just before the, uh, just during the pandemic, we had when we were in lockdown, demand was pent up. And then after lockdown, it took us like a year and a half, two years to kind of catch up with that pent up demand. Now, where is where can you see the opportunity right now for this year? And I'm specifically talking about um, uh, buying property as opposed to like where you end up renting them and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the rental sector is busy. Yeah, there's such a shortage of property in London and other parts of the country that, you know, you know, if you do buy well, buy and buy well, you know, you can't really fail to make money on rent. Mm. The only issue is getting the funding. And, and that's the tricky part because of the ICR calculations. Yeah. being placed on by the banks. So I think there'll be a geographical shift for new landlords. You know, they'll sort of uh, give London a miss in the short term mm. and head head up towards the Midlands and Northeast, Northwest. Uh, Wales, you know, Bristol, those sort of areas are, you know, particularly busy. Uh, Scotland's done well, as you as you know, as well. Yeah, uh, I, think that's, I think that's where the growth is for the next two, two or three years. I think we'll be in the higher yielding areas where buy to let still makes sense. And when you say uh, makes sense, what you're suggesting there, just to just to uh, touch on it, is that the um, the rental cover still works. The stress test yeah. still works, isn't it? Yeah, because people don't want to put down 50 percent or 60 percent as a deposit. You know, they want their money to go further. So yeah. the preference is always for that 25 percent to be just enough to actually get it over the line. Yeah. And that's not going to happen in the south. That can only happen okay. in the Midlands and the north where the yield is there, where you are still getting your 8 and 10% returns. Mm. Whereas, you know, in London, we're struggling with 3 and 4% yields. Mm, mm, mm. And then in terms of um, growth, uh, capital growth, what do you uh, foresee? Where do you see that that side of things going? Because obviously, you know, we're talking about like we had uh, historically really low level of interest rates. Uh, but then on the other hand, we're saying, well, actually, when people not renormalize their understanding of the rates, bearing in mind that at one point they used to be 15, 18%, we're still very low. Are you seeing that the property market is going to continue to grow over the next sort of 10 years or so? It will property do, prices? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at the historical figures, after every recession, the property market has boomed. Mm. So, you know, we do, we are expecting to go into a recession, a mild one. Mm. Uh, and I think after that, things will normalise. And, you know, the inflation rate obviously is still double digits right now, but that's expected to come down to 7 or 6% by the end of the year. Mm. And at that point, base rates should start to drop as well so all this i think is quite temporary and i think we just need to ride the storm yes you know there are unknown factors as you know putin yeah. and the war in ukraine these strikes for extra pay will slow down the decline of inflation which which is going to probably cost people more than the pay rise itself yeah so, you know whilst i sympathize with everybody and the nurses and they do a great job and they deserve all the money they get you know if if unrealistic pay rises are given by the government that impacts long term on the public purse as well because mm. higher salaries means higher pensions and higher costs and etc cetera, etc cetera as well so there's a knock-on effect um when when these big decisions are made yeah uh, but yeah you know I, I th I'm, I'm pretty positive I, th I think we're not going to see a great increase this year there will be uh price adjustment or, or a correction between five and seven percent nationally yeah on average some parts more than others obviously yeah, uh, and I think you know it'll it'll start to move on as soon as we get you know base rate down to sensible levels again, and the mortgage rates 
and the ICR calculations start to work, yeah, the market will carry on moving again, moving forward. So it sounds like what you're saying is um, that by the end of this year, as you know, let's imagine that now for the next 12 months or for the next 11 months at least, because we've had it for the last three months already, we see a steady decline very slowly, but steadily decline in the swap rates and therefore in the mortgage interest rates. Um, as a result, we'll also see some perhaps reversal of these really high stress tests and maybe a, a, um, a decreasing in those, in which mm. case people will start going, oh, well, actually, property might not be such a bad investment after all. Let's um, get involved. And, in, and so perhaps towards the end of this year, all those people that are currently not in the market will then get back into the market. In the meantime, yeah. right now, what we're saying is that there's people that are kind of like holding their breath because they're like, well, hold on a second. The news is telling me yeah, we're going to go into a big crash. Is the opportunity then for, um, uh, and I'm oh, sorry, and the last point is you said that in uh, your opinion, you think that the market is going to uh, come down a little bit, soften, um, and maybe by in the region of kind of five or six percent, five or seven percent, but you know, in that kind of region. On that mm -hmm. basis, then, is the opportunity right now to get in right now at below five to seven percent so that even if it goes yeah, down by five percent, you've, you've saved yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that to be the case. Um, you, you, you need to find motivated sellers. You need to find out uh, people who need to get out quick mm. and being in a good position to buy is, uh, you know, quite important. So you, you've got to be ready, mortgage ready, yeah. cash ready and have your tax advice as well. Because, you know, uh, because of mm. Section 24 changes, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for high rate taxpayers to buy in a in, in personal names. Mm. So, you know, you need to open your company. You need to open the bank account for that company and be ready to buy in whatever vehicle your tax accountants advise you to buy in um because it's not just about buying the right property it's of buying course. it with the right mortgage yeah and under the right uh wrapper yeah and with regards to mortgage obviously we're talking about here's the opportunity and you said like being ready with the finance uh, there's two ways of doing this and, and not for everybody for some people they have the opportunity of say buying now in cash or the opportunity of um even though the mortgage rates are slightly higher buying now in fact i was looking at this the other day bob when we look at mortgage rates if we look at the tracker rates for example they're still another 0.5 percent lower than the fixed rate so actually yeah. If they wanted to, they could buy with a mortgage right now and then refinance, or they could buy in cash. Have you got a, a situation that you think is is preferable in terms of buying a mortgage or buying cash? What do you think? Okay, it depends on the individual. Most investors don't like to lock up cash, mm. and if you do, and if you do buy in cash, not every lender will let you refinance within sort of six months. There are some, yeah, but normally you'd have to wait six months to start extracting your money. Mm. Uh, you have to buy in cash if it's a, a tied property and not in a good letter, lettable condition. So that's, mm. you know, good reason to buy cash and not have to borrow on a bridging finance, which you and mm. I know are, is quite dear. Um, but I think it depends on the individual how they want to use their resources. And you know, yeah. buying in cash is good, but it doesn't. It's not good for gearing because you know you're not, you're not really making best of you, best use of your money. Especially if we're saying that, you know, the opportunity is short term, let's say that the opportunity is between now and, um, you know, the quarter three of this year, then actually what might be better is to say, well, let me instead of buying, you know, um, one with cash, let me try and secure two right now whilst the, the you know, going yeah. is tough in the market. Yeah, I mean, look at the auctions. I mean, you know, the auction is a, a great place to buy because sometimes you can end up with a, you know, a pretty good bargain if there's no, no real competition for competition for that property. Mm. Uh, and you, And you can get a good price. But you know, I think you know, the, the the tip is focus on one particular area and become a master of it because no one can master all of the UK and the micro economies, you know, that, that, that prevail. I mean, obviously you concentrate in leads, so yeah. you know the leads market inside out. So 
you know, and knowing, like you said, knowing where to put it. So we operate in Leeds and Sheffield, and it's more. It's really important not just knowing when you say the micro market. What you really mean by that is which roads to purchase on and which roads <laughs> not to purchase on. In fact, I say to people all the time, it's not even which roads; it's which side of the road which to purchase. Side on. of the road, yeah, yeah. And no, it's side up to. I mean, in London, that can make a big difference in some cases. So, uh, it's knowing that having that extra knowledge, which yeah. could make the difference between an okay investment and a great investment. Yeah, and and uh, Bob, just to sort of um, round this off, in terms of uh, mortgage uh, advisor, um, people say, oh, well, you know, should I use a mortgage advisor? Because I can just go to hopefully, you know, money supermarket or something like that, God knows, and try and see if I get mortgage rate off there. And then there's the option of using a mortgage advisor using, you know, what's an independent mortgage advisor? Give us a bit more information on that and why should people should bother using a mortgage advisor. Okay, I mean, when just it comes to, to some stuff that, yeah, we're talking about buy to let and even, you know, standard uh, residential yeah. mortgages. I mean, we're here to help you. We act for you in finding the best lender and the best rate. Because, you know, for a layperson to do this, it takes hours and hours and hours. The application process is laborious and complex. What we're here for is really to match your circumstances with the right lender mm -hmm. and getting the right rate, right deal, right term, right product. Um, yes, we charge a small fee for doing that, which, you know, uh, is, is a fair fee. Uh, it's course, disclosed. Yeah before we even start the work uh, but it's really saving you time you know if you're time poor and you want expert advice you know mortgage advisor is your best friend yes you can go on the internet you can look at the best buy tables and make direct applications but you know you don't really get a relationship with an advisor yeah and, and I think the other, the other room, the, so uh, what, on one side, of course, is saving time but the thing that I've found most valuable with um, uh, mortgage advisors is um and I don't even know if we're allowed to say this, Bob, but it's it's knowing what to tell the lender and what not to tell the lender. Because sometimes that can make a big difference to you getting something across and you not getting something across um, or you getting a better rate and you not getting a better rate. So first of all, it's about like, you know, there's there's hundreds of lenders out there. Which one do we use? And then it's which product is right for us. And then it's how do we actually get those products? And I think that last bit about the expertise of what to tell them, what not to tell them uh, to be able to get that rate, I think is really important. It is, yeah. I mean, I've been in the business now 30 years. Mm. And so we've built up, you know, good relationships with lenders, with the business development managers for those uh, lenders. So sometimes even when a case doesn't fit, we can normally force it through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because of and our part, relationships. Part of that, I was going to say, part of that is because you have relationships directly with lenders yeah, yeah. and the BDMs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's how you present the case, as you as you rightly say. Um, you know, we never misrepresent. Let, let me just make that clear. Of course, yeah. It's just knowing uh, where to go with your particular circumstance, mm. where it's likely to be accepted first time around. Because what you don't want to do is a scattergun approach with lenders, because that just puts markers on your credit file, and, and it mm. worries the next lender, saying, "Hang on, he's been there, been to, yeah. been to three lenders already. You know what was wrong with them?" Um, yeah. So you know, it's a targeted approach. It's uh, not going to waste your time. Uh, you're paying for paying for a service after all, and you know. Good brokers don't charge until the job is done. You know, we don't take yeah. anything up front. We only charge if we're successful. So we put the time and effort in. Okay. It's, it's our loss if we don't get you the mortgage. Yeah. So guess who's going to work harder? The broker that takes money up front or the money yeah. or the broker that takes the money on success. Interesting. Yeah, very good. For a final thing. So we've already talked about the fact that, you know, it may be a good time for, for buyers to get. What's the market like for sellers? If I'm looking to sell my property, how does that uh, affect me in this year, 2023? I think sellers have to get a bit more realistic. Um, I think right move uh, said, you know, prices had increased in January, which isn't the case really. It's asking prices. So that could be just agents overpricing just to get mm. the property on 
books. Um, but Jan- think, January you know, is a historically a, a buoyant month anyway, so that could be why agents are overcharging. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's competitive out there as well. So there's not much stock coming on. As, mm. as we said earlier, people are just holding off selling their property. Mm. Um, they know they might not get the best price in the current climate, so they'll wait yeah. a bit and see how things are. But I think uh, as a seller, you know, follow the tips, present the property well. Uh, you know, choose a good agent who knows the area, who's got some, you know, buyers ready for you, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, and 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 be reasonable. I think be flexible, you know, be 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 prepared to take a lower offer in return for a solid buyer because you know, buyers being buyers yeah. can let you down sometimes. You know, so uh, and we're not and we're not we're not saying it's necessarily like the worst time to sell because you know we were just saying there that you know we think that property prices might dip by five odd percent so it's like well okay if i'm selling a house and you know i know you're talking about london but let's just talk about the houses that we look at let's say i'm selling a house for a hundred thousand pounds for example it's like a call i might have to accept ninety five thousand. how much is that realistically going to affect me well if i bought it at 50 and i've already made a 50 grand gain then maybe you know neither here nor there or 100 Mm. to 200 or whatever it might be so it's not the worst time for sellers but like you said um, yeah. In general, the rest of the market, the rest of the population are going, well, actually listening to the news, it might not be the best idea to sell right now. So I'm holding yeah. off. That means that the the number of properties on the market is lower. Um, but that means that there's also ability because of the, what we talked about at the beginning about the rates, um, um, the way that they are, the uh, market the way it is for us to get involved buy those properties because it's only people that have to sell that will be selling probably so get involved yeah. buy those properties at the right prices and then still rent them out because in the long term it's all going to work itself out yeah i mean 2023 will be a needs-based uh, property market because uh, you know, if you need to move you're going to move yeah uh, and just if you're if it's a residential property and you're buying the next one it's all relative yeah, if you're having, if you're having to give away five thousand pounds to sell your property, chances are the buyer that you're buying from will also give you a five thousand pound discount. Right? Yeah. yeah okay. So, yeah. So, so when you're moving uh, houses, it's, it's all relative. Yeah. The people that need to maybe be a bit more careful are the investors who you know are not buying again, mm. are coming out the market uh, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, they need to be careful that they maximise their gains. So you know, mm. you know, yeah. let's have. Fantastic. So just to summarize, then what we're saying is that we think that in the long term, as in when I say long term, I actually mean in, in the medium term, over the next two to three, two to five years, the interest rates are all going to level themselves out, probably back down to about 3% or something like that. As a result, yeah. and because property is a long term game, if we look, take a long term view, there is a good opportunity for us to buy right now because everyone else isn't in the market. The prices mm. are down and we can discount a little bit, especially to, during 2023. We will be able to um, negotiate more on the properties. And uh, and also it would be better for us to be able to therefore buy multiple properties now, let's say with a mortgage, than for us to say, well, mm. let's actually just buy just one in cash. Because in the future, back to mm. say August, September, October, when the, everything starts to calm down a bit more, Everyone else that's not in the market will get back into the market, and then the rate, the prices will go up again. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, pro- great profits are made in recessionary times, and you know, mm. if you can find motivated motivated sellers, that's your uh, that's your ticket. Perfect, perfect, um, fantastic. And final um, thing, then, Bob, what you're saying is that you think that if today's house prices say a hundred thousand pounds, you think that at the end of this year. Are we going to be above or below on in December thirty first? Are we going to be above or below a hundred thousand pounds, or about the same? We should be slightly below. Okay, it is still a, it's still a tr- tricky stage, you know, tricky situation. We're not out of the woods quite yet. Yeah, uh, but the inflation figures in the following and coming months will be a clear a clear indicator Perfect. as to how 
interest rates are going to go. And then the lower the rates get and the quicker they get lower, mm. the quicker the market will start to recover. And, you know, the, the £100,000 house may be 95. Yeah. But, but it, it's unlikely to be 105. Brilliant. So on that basis, then, if we can buy that £100,000 house for, say, 92 or 90, then we're doing well for ourselves anyway. It's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I Fantastic. think so. Brilliant. So. Perfect. Thanks very much for the chat, Bob. Really appreciate it. My and pleasure. Uh, we'll speak again soon. Thanks, Shiv. If you enjoyed that episode, check out our website at www.lifestylepropertypeople.co.uk and make sure you like, follow and subscribe for more. Remember, the best time to buy was 20 years ago and the next best time to buy is now. <laughs>